Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, where we break down popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm a funnier character than we've had in any one of these podcasts before. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about X-Men First Class. How many people are going to pick up that bad reference? I don't know. A lot of people like Plinkett. I feel like that's that's a common Well, specifically thing. George Lucas, you know. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a George Lucas quote that's popular because of, because of Plinkett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it won't go over too many people's heads. We'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> I get concerned about those every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, this week, we're talking about a good X-Men movie again. Yeah. Remember those? It ain't bad. X-Men First Class. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and take care of the scores then. Uh, from 2011, directed by Matthew Vaughn of Kick-Ass and Kingsman fame. Mm-hmm. Uh According to Rotten Tomatoes, it has a an eighty seven percent critic score and audience score. Same, so interesting. Which continues the trend, except for Origins, where the audience score is within like three or four points of of the critic score. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, favorite thing, least favorite thing, go. So I think my favorite thing in this movie is probably Michael Fassbender. He's He's one of my favorite actors in general. He's, I mean, I th- I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. He's great. He's very good. He does a, a very good uh, representation of, of a young Ian McKellen. I can believe that for the most part. He's got the same kind of, kind of, uh, brings the same kind of, what's, what's the word? Emotional intensity? Yeah. Like, the, he he expresses things in, in similar ways and stuff like, like I feel I, I just feel like he he makes a lot of sense as the casting and does a very good job. Um, I think my least favorite thing is probably the fact that this movie is just goes halvesies on being a reboot or a prequel. Like it doesn't really know what it's trying to do, and that definitely definitely suffers for it. Yeah, because there there are definitely creative decisions that are made because. They don't want to avoid contradicting the the main movies too much, but there's still a lot there's still a lot of stuff that screws up that anyway. So it's kind of the same way. I don't know. Yeah, uh, my favorite thing is actually James McAvoy yeah. because I I for me I, both this and Days of Future Past he is brilliant. I mean Michael Fassbender is too, but I, I'm just thinking. It is so different from Patrick Stewart, where, where yeah. James McAvoy's Professor X starts off with, at. Like, he, he's... I don't know. It, uh, he's kind of like a, a playboy. Reminds me know. a lot more of, like, Tony Stark than, yeah. than Professor yeah. X, where he starts off at. And, uh, like, just seeing his evolution and how... <laughs> evolution, mutants, ah. <laughs> but But seeing how he grows as a character, that that's very exciting to me. And he yeah. does... Like, he handles all that very well. Uh, my least favorite thing, I sort sort of what you're going with. I'm going specifically with with the continuity errors yeah, that this movie just them. does not care about. <laughs> I just just to name a few. Um, in the first X Men movie, Charles says that he met Magneto when he was 17 years old, and even if you want to believe that James McAvoy and Fassbender are are that young, if you add up like how old they are and the dates that it shows for. Like when Charles is a kid, it's like 1944, and he's like eight or nine. It looks like, and then the movie takes place in the early 60s. 1962 is when the Cuban Missile Crisis happens. Like the math on that makes no sense what's whatsoever. Uh, also, 
beast build Cerebro, even though they make it uh-huh. a very important plot point next minute too, that Magneto uh-huh. helped Charles build it. And that was weird just watching it. We, we totally saw how you, like one quick rewrite it could have fixed yeah, that. You, you could have easily just, just said... Like, like the, the, the specific line is, oh, yeah, Hank made this thing that is used... Or that this transmitter that runs off of brainwaves. And it's like, why would he make a thing running off of brainwaves without having a telepath? Why, why would... Like, I feel like you could just make it be, oh, yeah, uh, Hank built this transmitter. You could try modifying it to, to use brainwaves. Or like... Hank's like, oh, I'm thinking of different applications of your powers, and he draws, like, blueprints, and then Charles and um, Eric go off and, like, build it. Yeah. Like, you, you could do... <laughs> like, and a quick... You know, a quick thing, like, like uh, I'm thinking, like, a fade-in on, uh, on the blueprints, and it's just a fade-in, and it's like, oh, here's the thing, it's built now. Like... Yeah. I don't know, you, you could have done a lot better Something. Um, and then also, Mystique's relationship with Professor X trying to make them siblings in this, it, it makes the their relationship or lack thereof in the original trilogy like that's a little yeah. fuzzy you could probably argue away most of that just because you could argue that, may, that she leaves him at the end of this movie and then there's like a 40 45 year gap yeah i mean you could you could argue that they've they've broken off all contact with each other because they or like they they've kind of they're both kind of dead to each other yeah i'm sure you could do something like that yeah but but there's just all sorts of continuity issues that drive me crazy but at the same time the opening is the exact same as X-Men 1, just with a different actor playing little Eric at the concentration camp. Yeah. And there's just all sorts of things like uh, like that where I'm like, well... And of course, Why? And of course, you know, Hugh, they have Hugh Jackman's cameo, they have Rebecca Romaine's cameo. It's like, it's very clear this is still supposed to be a part of this this franchise. So, why are you just ignoring these plot elements? when you could have easily included them in the movie and then <laughs> the best part is how quickly they just ignore x-men origins wolverine because emma frost is a prominent character in this movie yeah <laughs> and, and if you want to it took them one movie to say hey that's not a thing and she's like in her late teens early 20s in x-men origins and mm-hmm. here she's like 30 even though this movie takes place like i guess like 15 years beforehand something like that what wars are they supposed to be fighting in X-Men Origins Wolverine at the beginning? They're getting out of Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. Is that, that's, is that the right time? Yeah, late 70s. Oh, 70s. Or early 70s. Okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm mixing up where this movie takes place in Origins. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Yeah. That's one thing they didn't screw up completely. But, yeah. But, yeah, how quickly they're just like, eh, Origins, eh, whatever, don't think about it too much. Two years after. Weird. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, where do you want to get started? Do you want to start with Jennifer Lawrence? Sure. Because the since, internet apparently yeah, hates her now? That's a big controversy. Uh, yeah. Everyone hates her. That's that's a thing. She's a good actress. I like her a lot in this movie. Like, there's there's not really any part where I'm like, oh, she, she's she's phoning it in, or she's she's not, she sounds stiff. Like, she sounds, she she fits the role very well. Here's the thing with me when I when I see like Fassbender or McAvoy on there, I'm like huge screen presence. Like they're they're like the highlights of whatever scenes they're in. Yeah. When it comes to her, I don't get that feeling. So I kind of understand where people are coming from. Where like, well, she's not like. But but that's not what. I, not every single person in this movie needs to be that. Exactly. Otherwise, the movie's just going to be way too clustered. Like when she's delivering her dialogue, it just sounds very natural to me. Like. Oh, she's not reading right off a script. Like, she's just... 
I don't know. It feels a lot more organic. Yeah, I would agree. Th- than like a lot of people are making her performances yeah. out to be. I don't. I don't know. And I mean, I guess we'll we'll probably try and focus in next or when we watch Days of Future Past for the not next episode, but two episodes now. Uh, then we'll we'll try and focus in to see if we can tell what people are saying. But I really don't get it. And well, there, well, 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 people are like, well, Rebecca Remains Mystique is way better. And I'm like, well, I guess if that's your taste, if that's your preference, then sure. But she has no character yeah. in those first three X Men movies. She is Magneto's right hand woman, who is violent. And, and likes to kill humans. Like that's that's all to her character. Mm-hmm. Like she's not that deep here, and and especially in Days of Future Past, they're trying to give her a character arc, and then everybody's like, "No, she's terrible. <laughs> Stop it." Okay, we're trying to inject humanity into this character. I I don't know. I just huge question marks on top of my head whenever I hear people yeah, bashing Jennifer Lawrence. I agree. Uh, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really get it. Um, I will say. Oh, I think I said this earlier. I don't think the entire cast is like the most spectacular thing ever I won't, I won't go that far but i mean they're they're everyone's fine uh there's no one really that i can think of that that stands out as being a problem kevin bacon is fantastic obviously i find him kind of distracting well i mean it is kevin bacon so it's hard not to be distracted just because but... of the kevin bacon persona that has just invaded the internet and of course like the the um six degrees of kevin bacon yeah. or whatever that is um which which increases with this movie because like all the actors in this movie have shown up in a million different things yeah. now um but i don't know i find him kind of distracting not that he's bad it's just i was about to say i mean he can't that, really that's, help that's, that. that's that's me bringing my external baggage yeah. of what i know <laughs> in, into he, it he can't really help that and he is he's fantastic in the role uh i wouldn't say he's fantastic he's fine i like him a lot i, th- I think he has a lot of a lot of good delivery time. I mean, it's Kevin Bacon. It's hard for... Like, I, yeah. 99% of the time, Kevin Bacon is fantastic. It's just that there's a reason they choose him as the Six Degrees guy, even though he may not be the the, the guy who is most connected. Yeah. It's it's because he's so recognizable. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what are we going to... I guess we can talk about some of the other characters. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll go in and say, I do like... For the most part, I think I like Mystique's arc in this movie. Yeah. Or Ravens, I guess. She's not Mystique yet, but uh, I, I find it fine. Like I, I think it's it's interesting. I, I I think she's. I think there's definitely a reason why they chose to make her the 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 character who's kind of like the centerpiece and flip sides and everything. Yeah. Because she obviously having having the her natural form being having the blue skin as they talk about a lot in the movie, it it lends itself towards kind of being in the same kind of way that Rogue is is a good. Uh, allegory of of kind of not being able to control her powers in the original trilogy mystique is good a good choice as a someone who who has to hide constantly yeah my, my only issue with it I, I we were having a bit of a disagreement <laughs> about this i i their their excuse for why she's naked seemed a little flimsy to me yeah Magneto's argument of like, oh, you, you, you know, if you see a tiger, do you immediately think to cover it? Yeah, I, I, I get what your argument was. Was well, like, there's nothing like, there's <laughs> she doesn't have uh, genitalia of yeah. any sort or or sexual protrusions. But but still, it's like, okay, fine, fine. You you can be blue, whatever. But put on some pants or something. Like, I, I don't but know. I don't know. I, I I have no problem with that. I have a problem with it 
in the the meta context of they're they're pro they're kind of trying to justify why or i feel like at least they're kind of trying to justify why she's naked in the although i don't know i i see, feel like okay, you could have explained it away easily like see well hold on see i feel like she's not even really like that the immediately after that she confronts charles completely naked yeah she doesn't really the rest of the movie she's still wearing clothes that is true I feel like what he's saying more there is more supposed to be don't hide your don't hide as don't pretend to be a human. I feel like that's more what we're supposed to get from that and then she confronts Charles cuz she's kind of like just angry at at him for being like or for not supporting her and and you know being her own self and and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh if it's a, I don't think it's supposed to be a justification for the first 3 movies, but if it is, then that kind of I kind of have a problem with that because it's like this makeup is already really complicated anyway and and like just from an effects standpoint like i know yeah they've had a lot of issues with the actors and everything and actresses uh why not just just cover her up most of the time yeah that seems easier you're starting you're starting to win me over here with with, with that because she she does like they put on the uniforms and she yeah does thinking, thinking about it now i was like wait she actually doesn't really yeah, stay naked. Well, anyway. I, I wish they would address, and they never really talk about this in the movies. It's just yeah. supposed to be sort of implied, like she can't have on clothes that she hasn't like created with her power, because that that doesn't like she can't change her appearance with with those clothes. Whereas, you, or at least you would assume that's the case. Yeah, well, I I think it is supposed to be the case. I something with Days of Future Past. I was listening to the commentary, um, and they were talking about. Uh, uh, a scene where she's like wearing a jacket and she turns blue and she's still got the jacket out and, and I think Brian Singer's like eh, she she actually wanted to just wear a real jacket you know, whatever okay so I, I that is supposed to be the idea but I wish they would flat out tell us yeah. that that would make more sense yeah and the, and that does make sense from a hey they should probably address that yeah. standpoint like like the, yeah if they if they would tell us that that would make sense yeah. Uh, where are we going to go next? Uh, what, what do you think of the plot and setting it with the Cuban Missile Crisis? I like it, and I can't think of a... <sighs> See, okay, so so the, the there's not a whole lot of fallout addressed in the movie about mutants being so heavily involved in this, in the Cuban Missile Crisis, and then it doesn't really feel like anything is like it, it it feels like mutants don't really come out to the world until days of future past anyway yeah so in the in this one i feel like i would have i would have enjoyed more if uh they started off by having it i can't think of any of anything that would work for this but by having a better historical event that's more like in a populated area more cuz in this one the the only people that see what's happening are uh, a bunch of U.S. soldiers and a bunch of Russian or USSR soldiers uh, who are like at the the watching the line for the missiles to cross over. Yeah, and they don't even really see what's happening. They just see a lot of explosions and crap. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see one, or I'd like to have seen it be. I can't. I mean, they mention uh, JFK's assassination in the next movie. Or in, in Days of Future Past, that that I guess you could do something with that. I just feel like there's some there there's got to be a better choice to make it more about this is when the mutants are revealed to the world, because that's kind of the plot, and they don't really address how the public feels about that at all. See, that's 
I, I don't really see that as part of the plot until Magneto brings it up the day before the, That's what the I'm crisis happens. They, because they, he's like, tomorrow we're going to be revealed to the public and yeah. they're going to hunt us all down. I'm going to kill Shaw and then I'm going to do whatever I want. Exactly. And then it's just, eh, whatever. And then in the next movie they're like, oh, none of that stuff was ever confirmed. It's just kind of swept under the yeah. rug until Magneto lifts up a huge baseball stadium and it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm making specifically of the, the sequence that uh, I really enjoy and we'll talk about when we get to Days of Future Past with where it's like the, the low quality cameras are recording this live as yeah. like there's a fight outside of uh, a building in, is it supposed, where is it supposed to be? In, in, the building where Beast and Magneto, or the, the fight where Beast and Magneto fight. Oh, it's fight. in Paris. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, the um, all that stuff happens and that's supposed to be like the first, oh, the, the mutants are finally revealed to the world. Everyone yeah. sees what they are. But then that's not really based around anything i would have been i think it would have been interesting for that to to have a historical basis on around something yeah i think that would have been cool um but yeah it's it's i don't know at least this one i uh, unlike origins I'm, I'm gonna bring that up once again which which is crams in three mile island at the end and doesn't really do a whole lot yeah. more of like inserting history other than they fight in some wars. Mm. Like this one throughout the whole thing they're setting up the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like that That's is true. the centerpiece of Shaw's plot. Like he's trying to make sure that the Americans and the Russians are manipulated to set sending their missiles in certain ways and trying to escalate the situation. Yeah. As opposed to just inserting that into the third act because hey, that happened. <laughs> sure. Uh Origins sucked. Yeah, I agree. It did. Uh, I agree. I, th- I think it's it's. I I like. I do like it overall for the most part. I like the. I like yeah. the overall idea. Um. I I I I appreciate the fact that that the X Men movies are very, or at least from this point on, have have sort of embraced alternate history stuff. Yeah. Well, like, specifically, first class and Days of Future Past. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're going to do movies that aren't like present day, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like that just seems natural. It's like let's do some alternate history stuff. Yeah, and to anchor it somewhere for people to to understand and, and yeah care well, about it. Plus, you can do just a whole bunch of cool creative ideas yeah. with concepts that people are aware of. Exactly. And do like interesting twists on them. So yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Overall, I do like it. Uh, I guess the, the the next thing I want to say, because I feel like I probably should have brought this up at the beginning, but I kind of want to get into it, is the overall fact. And I, I, I talked a little bit about how they went halfsies. I want to I explain that a little bit more. So I, basically, I, I'll just go ahead and say I completely agree before you get get, get worked <laughs> up on this. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, the idea with this is that they, they go around and they recruit, recruit mutants using Cerebro. And who they end up grabbing? They end up grabbing Darwin, who is was introduced in a miniseries. I want to say by Ed Brubaker. That was like a retcon of of uh, the the giant size X Men comic from forever ago. And this this was a more recent series, and and that was kind of a convoluted series. They they grab him for some reason, even though I think he dies in that series. I want to say they grab him. They grab uh, Angel, who I believe was in- female Angel. Yes, female. No, angel. Not not even like Warren Worthington Angel. No who I believe showed up for a while in Grant Morrison's X-Men and no one ever did anything with her after that. Yeah. They grab Havoc, who showed up in the original X-Men run. And then, I'm, I'm, who else did they, did they get? Uh, Beast, who is one of the original X-Men. Yeah. Is that everyone? Uh, Banshee. Yeah, Banshee, who is one of the, the X-Men who shows up in Giant Size X-Men. Yeah. So it's like, 
they they're just cherry picking all these random people that aren't even very interesting or I I don't understand what the thought process was behind it. Like I'm thinking if you're going to do one if you if you're restricted to strictly doing the or characters that aren't shown in the original X-Men trilogy, then grab like some of the the new mutants guys. Those are I I feel like those are like the second most popular maybe do you know, I, I, you, you could try doing Cable, maybe. I mean, that might be a little complicated. But you, I feel like you can grab characters that are a little more fleshed out in the comic and do something based on what they do in the comic and kind of look at that as opposed to just straight up, oh, hey, we're grabbing these random characters because I guess their powers are cool even though they don't get shown a whole lot until, like, a few key scenes. Yeah. I don't know. And and the, the reason that bothers me overall, though, is because... Like I, it, I can, I can get behind that. I guess if they had stuck to, okay, this is definitely a prequel. Yep. However. Yep, yep, yep. The tone of this movie is so different. Like it's, it's very bright. It's very. It's very stylized. Yeah. It is like this is our ideal version of the sixties. Exactly. Is, this is how we remember the sixties, not how it actually was. Yeah, and I like it a lot. Like I like the design. I like the the aesthetic of it all. It's it's very much Sean Connery, James Bond type yeah so which matthew vaughn has gone on the record stating that's that's what he was going for okay interesting even so much as the suits that magneto is wearing like when he's hunting down nazis like the the i think a couple times he wears suits but Uh they're they're very much like sean connery james bond style interest yeah uh yeah so like the they go for this this very fancy different tone like completely different from anything we got in the first three movies and it's very different directing and stuff like that and so that right away is kind of jarring if you're trying to put them in the same universe. And then let me just make a quick compare comparison. It, it's very much my criticism of Captain America: The First Avenger, where that is a very stylized, poppy version of like World War Two. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to like the first Iron Man and like Af- the beginning, like Afghanistan with terrorists yeah. and stuff. And that's like very grounded and serious. Exactly. And it's like I. Maybe if it was how these characters in modern day were remembering those events, and then you're like flashing back to that, and that's why it's stylized. Yeah. But yeah, you that's... seem to just be doing exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, and and so that that's already jarring. And then there, like we, you mentioned, a lot of the continuity problems between, that are sprung up here. And the idea you you said, I think earlier that we were talking about this that. Uh, Matthew Vaughn basically was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah, they had a version of the script, and he pretty much said, well, I'm going to have to rewrite this whole thing if you guys want me to direct it. And the, the feeling I've gotten from him is he's, he, he was like, well, I, I don't really care about continuity errors and stuff. I'm just going to make the best movie I can. Yeah. And, and so be, But because of that, they restrict him from using any of the original X... Or not any... They restrict him from using the all of the original X-Men characters because then they, they can get into problems with continuity and stuff like that yeah and and so it's, i think it's it, it's more for like people like us who are like obsessed with this type of thing so we're gonna be looking for that but like for the layman who, who just goes and sees like the x-men movies and they've seen them maybe once or twice yeah. they're not gonna notice these continuity errors right yeah i mean that's that's true and i'm i'm fine with like the little things but it, it feels i'm like- not saying that's a good excuse i'm just I'm just yeah. wondering if that's what their mindset is for why continuity I mean, yeah, just doesn't I'm, I'm matter. I'm sure there's lots of people that don't that watch the movie and didn't care, but or didn't even notice. Yeah, exactly. But 
overall though the movie does not feel like the the previous three x-men movies it feels like a reboot yeah like the, there's there's just a lot of things that not even or beyond the continuity error is just the 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 way it's i don't know that everything about the movie feels like it's a different franchise yeah and then they're like well we've we've kind of half done a reboot here but now we're going to try and tie it back together and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and i'd i really wish that they had just been like hey we screwed up with the last two x-men movies we're gonna start over uh do whatever you want with the character matthew vaughn or the character matthew vaughn and figure it out yeah like that i would have loved that i think that i think if i if we had this movie that you, you know the the production was kind of rushed and, and all that stuff so if we had a movie where well, let me just go ahead and, and say uh he was matthew vaughn was originally in line to direct x-men 3 yeah i think i may have mentioned this in a previous previous episode but um he quit that because it, it was too rushed to production and this this one had an even shorter production schedule than x-men 3 which you can kind of tell there's lots of particularly in the special effects department yeah yeah we'll, we'll get to that um but i was gonna say it's, it's like i wish that he'd just been able to kind of sit down do what he wanted and take the original five x-men or, or maybe a few others and whatever and do what he wanted to do with it yep like make make something that's a little more interesting and and kind of more more centered around the comics origins and kind of made them happier and because it, it it feels like we then kind of get into a weird corner with days of future past where the characters that are available to them and the ones that they can work with and everything are just kind of skewed and then they, of course days of future past is a lot of reboot stuff yeah like in-universe reboot stuff and so then it, it the fact that the next movie essentially gives them a chance to reboot the universe when it would have been perfect right before this movie just bothers me greatly as like I, I wish we'd been able to get a more clear vision from this movie yeah. rather than working around all these constraints yeah it's 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 very problematic and it's very just horribly distracting when mm. watching this one i i've tried just like over years spent racking my brain over this just trying to figure yeah. this out um and it seemed like the only way to be like just like very continuity error free is like watch the first three x-men movies and even then three has some problems but whatever um and then watch days of future past well i guess maybe watch the wolverine as well or just watch first class and then days of future past yeah. like it's just first class just does not go with the original no, trilogy it doesn't and i do think days of future past does a very good job of tying things back together and we'll get to that but yeah it, it you can't really reconcile them yeah the first class and the other one so i it, it's yeah it's just a, a whole mess of them not committing to something can i just say with, with all these issues with continuity it's amazing that the movie is still able to stand up on its own and be a good yeah. movie despite all this yep, nonsense that it's carrying with uh, it i i'll go I, I do want to go ahead and get some of the like the the problems out of the way and then we can talk about some of the stuff we enjoyed a little more yeah um we mentioned that that it, you can tell that it's a rushed movie there's lots of of there there's a lot of weirdness in this movie i guess is the best way to put it the, that's that's kind of the the category i lump everything into because there's a lot of there's a lot of action that i do like but then every now and then there will be random uh, shots that just don't work and and or like are very quick and don't give you a whole lot of what's going on uh and there will just be random distracting things that happen 
like I'm thinking uh, the scene where Angel first shows up they go and confront her in like a she's working in like a strip club or something like that yeah and they get a private room with her and she pulls out her wings and starts flying up into the air and the curtain behind her is still open yeah so like everyone should be able to see what's going on it's kind of like oh that's that's weird and uh the magneto is able to use a metal bed stand to start breaking uh emma frost diamond skin which doesn't make any sense i mean if we're going with with physics i I mean i know guy controlling metal like we're already out there in terms of physics but still it's like it's diamond that's 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 not not how how diamond works uh there's lots of little things like that I'm probably thinking of a few more as we go along. But. Well, one thing that bothered me was that uh, I guess this is more of just a little plot thing than like physics or whatever. But um, when Hank shows Mystique the cure, and he's like, "Hey, we, we, I, you can use it on on yourself. You don't have to be ugly." And she's like, "No, I'm not going to do that. Stop being stupid." <laughs> um, it's like, why why are you showing this to her the night before? Like this yeah. huge mission <laughs> where you guys could possibly die. <laughs> yeah. Uh. There's just lots of little things like that where you're just kind of wait, wait, what? Huh? Hold on a minute, what's going on? And and it, it takes you out of the movie every now and then. It, it, you can tell that they were just kind of like trying to to get things working as best as they could. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely also some effects problems. Uh, Those you, fish. Yes. There there's a scene where Banshee uh, yells at a bunch of fish. It's it's not that important to the plot at all those fish it's just kind of a little thing hey it this looks is what so terrible and they don't look very good uh a lot of the special effects with banshee look terrible yeah a um, lot of his flight stuff is just not great yeah definitely and there, there's lots of little things like that um i feel like sometimes the tornado dudes who he's never named magneto's little right or henchman tornado dude well it's not magneto's it's shaw's or yeah shaw sorry uh who makes tornado sometimes those don't look very good well a couple I, of times is his character even necessary not really it's just an enforcer which is fine it's, it's not a but idea. i feel like azazel is enough like they don't need that guy too Maybe. you could argue you could argue that they could have cut that down uh I'm, I'm trying to think there's a few other effects that just kind of are like eh, that's not great well that, well that brings me to another problem because because i know a lot of people complain they're like we love the charles and eric stuff but when the kid, the ex kids are just hanging out and just not doing much of anything, they're just talking like that's completely unnecessary. Cut some of the kids out. I I think you could cut down this this movie by like four or five characters. Probably. I, like if if you took away, I don't know, maybe take away like Darwin and Angel and have just Havoc, Beast, and Mystique. Because I I I want Havoc in these movies. If you are going to have this as a prequel to start setting up scott yeah like you could lead that into cyclops showing up and really do something with that which hopefully you know at at this at the point of recording we haven't seen apocalypse but hopefully they do 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 something with that well i guess we'll see but i i feel like they could have spent a lot more of that time uh developing beast and mystique's romance Uh which which is is finally handled i just wish there was more of it yeah because that's very true it, it feels very I don't want to say cookie cutter, but it's just like here's the main points. Well, and that's that's the thing too. I feel like if you cut this movie down, you could make because like I mean these characters already already do this in the movie, but I feel like you could go even deeper and make it, it where where Mystique and Magneto 
or Magneto is a character who is who is like drawn between uh, Xavier and uh, Shaw. Yeah, like in, in kind of their methods and the and they're both kind of pulling because Shaw is all about the anger and Xavier is like no you you have to be, be at peace and yeah he's kind of pulling and pushing and Mystique is the same way between Magneto and Beast where Beast is kind of like hey you know I I, I, I understand your problem let's let's try and fix you need, it you need to be realistic humanity will never accept you yeah so we need to try and fix the problem and the Magneto's like no accept your gifts yeah like fully yeah. And so I, I I feel like if you boiled it down to just maybe those four characters, maybe one or two others, then you could get this a lot cleaner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like some of the some of the stuff between the the X the new X Men. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good chemistry, but but especially because in Days of Future Past, it ends up being like half these characters are killed off anyway. It's like yeah, that's that's the worst part of it. And of course, that's more of a criticism of Days of Future Past than it is First Class, yeah. but still like. They ne- this this group never really comes together as a team. Yeah, like they have especially to- since one of them gets killed off pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, the token black guy, of course. Yes. Um, but they have the training montage, but everyone's getting trained like separately. It's not like oh hey, let's learn to work together yeah. as a team. There's, there's, there's no, never that. There's moment. no X room. Yeah, or, and, or uh, whatever it's called, uh, de- danger room. Danger- yes, sure. Yes, there we go. I, I do like that setup where they have the little bomb shelter thing, and yeah. it looks very much well. It's an extended hallway. It looks very much like the the X Mansion sub basement hallway. Like, ah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, Even though the, this X Mansion is clearly a different <laughs> X Mansion, the X Mansions are okay. So, so they had the one in X Men One, which is not the same as it is in X Men Two or Three. But I feel like they do a solid job of hiding that. So <laughs> I never noticed it until they said it. But I remember seeing this for the first time and being like, that's not the same mansion. What is going on? <laughs> and it drove me nuts. And that was the, the start of my problems with the continuity. And the best part is when you get to Days of Future Past, like they show wide exterior shots to lead into a scene. They'll just pick and choose yeah. whichever one. So sometimes it'll be the first class <laughs> mansion. Sometimes it'll be the one from X-Men 2 and 3. I'm like, what is going on? Stop. <laughs> Get some continuity in here, people. Coming and, soon to theaters, X-Men Crisis on Infinite Mansions. But you're going to say Crisis on Infinite Alexis. That too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... it's uh, Overall, the I, I like the team, but it feels like, yeah, they're just kind of... Oh, we need, you know, to have some X-Men doing some powers and stuff floating around, and then we're... And it really does feel like they cut down on all these characters for Days of Future Past anyway. So it's like, what was ever the point? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking... Because in Days of Future Past... Did they have long-term plans for these characters? Exactly. Did Matthew Vaughn have those ideas like circling in his head of where he wanted like, these particular the characters to go? had these characters, so I'm going to use these characters. Yeah. It was like, it, oh, it's called First Class. We need a group of mutants exactly. for Xavier to train. And, and Even though... You could have Beast and like Mystique and Magneto be like his first class, like yeah. that. That would be and maybe Havoc, like that would yeah, be fine. That would be good. And and Days of Future Past it does that where it's like the the core cast of Days of Future Past is really just Magneto, Xavier, Beast, and Mystique, isn't it? Yeah, and Havoc's and in there for oh, and Havoc's in there but, for a scene. Yeah, and, and Wolverine is there too. And then you know you got the. the I know I keep harp- I keep harping on Havoc, but I really. I feel like with the little amount of screen time he gets, he's a very fascinating character to me. Yeah. Like, they they, did, they hardly do anything with why he's, like, chosen to be in prison by himself. Oh, yeah. Like, they do nothing yeah, with that. Yeah, that's true. They do mention that. Yeah. I agree. And, and like, 
like how he sees himself as like a danger and he doesn't want to hurt anyone. Like I, I, there's a lot of potential with that, and they they never really do anything with that in this movie. Uh huh. Um, and also I feel like with with generally with all these characters, and I'm not just saying that because his name is Alex as well. That's not <laughs> that's exactly why you're saying that. And also, <laughs> I just realized his first name is Alex, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, disgusting. Uh, also, I feel like with all of these characters, they they lead into a lot of very ham-fisted. Hey, they have a nickname. Oh, hey, God. comic reference. J- just X Men references galore. Another continuity error: the Magneto helmet. Yeah, the way they play it in the first X Men movie is like, oh, this is the first time Charles has ever seen Magneto use this thing. Like, this is a new thing that he's built. And in this one, oh no, the Russians made it for Shaw, and Xavier's like, oh, I can't, I can't doesn't, read see, that person's mind. Doesn't Magneto specifically say he built it? I think, I think he does. In I'm the pretty first sure movie. we we talk about that. I'm pretty sure he does specifically say in, in X Men One, "Hey, I built this thing." I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of a mess, a little bit. And then his Magneto's costume at the end does not look very good. Well, nitpick. isn't it supposed to look like straight off the page from the '60s? accepted it's i guess that's the type of thing uh, that that's why it's so confusing like the argument over just do the comic book costume straight up or do something like black leather costumes because i love the blue and yellow uniforms in this i think that is like the perfect on-screen x-men uniform i really wish they stuck with that i agree but then you get like Magneto at the end, and it looks very much that that is kind of his costume in in the early X Men co- uh-huh. comics, and it just looks terrible. You, you need to modify it. Somehow. Yes, and I will say this is we we talk about this a lot, at least defending the first three movies. I will say this is the movie where I kind of start to have more of a problem with the direction of the franchise. Um, I we'll talk about Days of Future Past next or two weeks from now, obviously. I really really like Days of Future Past as a movie. I, I do start to have problems with, you know, kind of the, the, the tone and direction and the characters that they're they're dealing with uh, starting in this movie where it really does start to feel like, okay, they're, they're not really paying attention to the resources they have in the comics and, and kind of the stories they can do there. And they're, they're really kind of just doing whatever comes to mind. Like, it, 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 especially with the costumes, I would say, from in, in the first three X-Men movies, I'll, I'll forgive it entirely, but... From this point on, they should have started using the color for costumes. I don't know why they don't do that in Days of Future Past. Well, I just want to point out, like, the reason they they call it First Class is apparently, I think, Simon Kimberg, who's a producer on all these movies, and I think he, he wrote Days of Future Past. He might have helped with this one. I know he helped write X-Men 3. He tried to rescue the abomination that was Fanforstic. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, it's bad. Everyone knows it's bad. Move on. Um <laughs> But but apparently he read like the X Men First Class comics because that's that's a relatively new thing, correct? Yeah. Like he read that and it's like I want to say let's make that a movie. But but that's the original five X Men. Yes. yes. Like that's that's the very point. That's like the point of that book. It's like let's just do the five original X Men again. And I believe it's also fairly, so at least somewhat out of continuity. To, yeah. Like, like they also don't match up. Yeah. Which is a weird. Whatever. let's just take let's just take the name and then we'll just make xavier magneto younger and then we'll change everything else yeah exactly (laughs) i have problems (laughs) i can't be too mad at the movie though because it's really good and like a lot of these dumb plot elements that's like that shouldn't work they make work yeah like Uh, this movie should have been dead on arrival it really should have 
it, it, you can tell, and you can it see, works way too well. You can see the creeping fingers of of studio production stuff trying to, to pull it pull it down and drag it down. And that but just thing. a little bit. But yeah, it, it's it's not extensive. Yeah, and and the movie definitely rises above it. I would I would argue. Uh, what do you think of the score? I like it a lot. Henry Jackman. Yeah. Who has since done did kick ass. I believe he did Kingsman. Well, that that would make sense. Uh, and then he did Winter Soldier and Civil War. Okay. Which both semi forgettable themes. They're they're fine. I really like both of them. or Winter Soldier. I don't remember where. I really like Civil War. Uh, the the I I find this and the Kick Ass score way more memorable than than those. Really? Just personal preference, I guess. I. See, it's hard because I've said many times that I think all the X Men scores are great. Yeah, but it, it's hard for me to be like, well, I love the John Ottman X Men Two Days of Future Past theme, but I think this one overall is a better score, just like all the way through. Like Magneto's theme is fantastic. Yeah, like I, I wish they repeated that, and they don't really do that. For the next Do they movie? not in Days of Future Past? It's a different thing. I, I think it sounds a little bit similar, but it's not the same thing. I just remember a specific scene that we'll talk about in Days of Future Past that was very, like, or that, that I thought worked very well for Magneto, the score in the background. Like, I can remember it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, very good score. And I almost feel like it might be a little too in your face at a few points. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, every now and then it kind of feels like it's trying to, to hype up something that you Gets kinda, a little too grandiose. Yeah, that you're kind of like, well, this movie's not that big of a deal you can you can chill we're okay <laughs> yeah but for the most part yeah very good uh people complain about uh what's her face emma frost yeah she's fine i think she's fine at least what, what's the actress's name i'm completely blanking i have no idea it's, she is it's betty Dra- draper from Mad Men. yes because we love Mad Men. yes uh she's i think i think she's fine i probably i probably wouldn't want to see her as like the the full full on Emma Frost, you know, converting to because here she's pretty much lackey to Shaw. That's yeah. that's like yeah. I probably would rather see someone else do the, you know, get bring her a little more justice. But as as you know, the kind of character she is in the movie, she's fine. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, like, this goes with a lot of the character. It, it, she doesn't really get that much to do. It's just, hey, she looks pretty. Yeah. And they give her a lot of skimpy outfits, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, a handful of weird sexualization stuff going on in this movie. Sean Connery, James Bond movies. That's that, I mean, that, yeah, I guess. That's like all those movies are <laughs> when it comes to women. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what 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 else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Do we have a, do we have a whole lot else to discuss here? I mean, I, I like that there's a lot of arcs that are are set up and paid off. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking. Beast, I, I mean, Beast is, is good where he, you know, tries to cure himself and then it becomes worse. What do you think of the Beast design? <sighs> because Matthew Vaughn stated, this is all my knowledge I, I get from the special features and the documentaries and the stuff that they have on the Blu-rays and whatever. Yeah. Uh, just go ahead and stating that. But uh, he hated the Kelsey Grammer Beast design, which I think both of us can agree is, like, perfect. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's wonderful. It's It's, it's exactly... Straight and he like wanted to completely redesign it, uh-huh. and I don't think it looks. It's not terrible. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't look good with the glasses at all. I will say. Yeah, like his the... his first scene, he just walks out from he like he he fades from black. Yeah, 
he just walks out of the shadows and he's got glasses on and it doesn't look very good. Yeah, without with without the glasses on, I'm a little more lenient towards it. But overall, I I like the X Men three the best. Funnily enough, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and then I wait. Make, are you telling me something about a Brett Ratner movie actually worked? I did like say, it was supposed to. I did say Kelsey Grammer was my favorite part of that movie. You did. <laughs> is Halle Berry your least favorite thing about this too? Yes, that is not true. Uh, unfortunately but yeah the it, overall i i like uh all the characters arcs in this i was gonna say mystique i think we talked about a little bit uh magneto's is interesting where it's kind of like oh is he you know he he's he kind of seems to be drawing away and then it turns out no he's going full force he murders shaw and he is he is completely like i hate humans i i am going straight into that that kind of rampage this is another example of a movie that does a better arc of a fallen hero in one film than the star wars prequels <laughs> did in three like i'm thinking about like dane DeHaan's character in chronicle who has the, that sort of arc yeah and, and like th- this is kind of similar i mean it's a, it's a little bit different in like the context and stuff but but it's the same idea of like the fallen hero who becomes a, a bad person at the end the ultimately embrace the dark side and it's like in one movie these people crack it yeah. and that took three movies and it's just once like if you like the prequels that you're all good <laughs> you're fine but personally for us we we find a lot of flaws in them but but it's just amazing that they kind of crack the code definitely in such an efficient manner whereas that is just like with all these other characters with all these getting, other characters yeah. Developments like that. yeah and of course xavier gets paralyzed at the end which might be a little on the nose. I, I I think that it's too early to do that. Yeah. Uh, especially since in Days of Future Past, they have to kind of work around it by being like, oh. Which, they, they played into an interesting plot point there. They played into a great character piece. Yes. But it's you can tell that they're kind of like, we kind of didn't want him to stop walking yet. And that's why I, it's like a love-hate relationship with the people who make these movies. Exactly. Because, because most of the time when they make these like not great plot ideas... And, and like ways that they they handle certain situations like yeah but then they, they fix s- it but then they spin it into like this really interesting thing that explores the characters more yeah. and gets us to a certain place that's yeah. fascinating all of x-men 3 leads to days of future past yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah it's it's all of that stuff where, where the the they this franchise fascinates me i will say because this is like the, the most topsy-turvy, up-down-all-around franchise I yeah. think there is. Can, can we agree on that? Is yeah. there really another franchise that jumps just and all I, over the place like this? Not really. And I would say this In terms is, of both quality and like continuity yeah. consistency. And I would say this is also this movie specifically is kind of a microcosm of all of that. Yeah. Days of Future Past is a little more clear in, in its goal. But... This movie specifically, with its all of its continuity problems, but still having a lot of cool ideas and a lot of good characters and working well for the most part, it's, and it's, great actors. Yeah, it's kind of a which is something all of these movies have. Yes, it's just, that's very true. A very good cast. Yeah, uh, it's kind of this this little little chunk of the franchise that kind well, of tells you our favorite being Will I Am, of course, naturally, right? Yeah, <laughs> guy uh, should have won an Oscar for that. He should have. He really should have. <laughs> he should not have. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a chunk of the franchise that tells you everything you need to know about the franchise. Yeah. In, in that regard, uh, yeah, it's it's just really interesting how you know you you look at the Spider-Man franchise, you look at Fantastic Four by the same people, 
you or not same people, but same same company, same production. Uh, Fantastic Four is oh, I, I I thought you meant Spider Man and Fantastic Four were both by the same people. No, no, no. I'm saying Spider Man, Sony, Fantastic Four, Fox. Yeah, I got uh, I got you. <laughs> I, I I'm following. Yeah. Uh, you you look at I'm trying to make it through. I mean, uh, Alien with trying to re- soft reboot kind of I guess with Prometheus, except not really. I don't know. The, that is another one where they go halvesies. It's like it's it's a prequel, but it's uh, no, it's not. It's just set in the same universe. Yeah. Terminator Genesis. I have not seen. You hate. Uh, <laughs> oh, I yeah. Uh, but I know that's that that is a, that is another thing where they tried to soft reboot it and it just exactly. does falls it, flat on its face. It's fascinating to me. Seeing... The only two times I've seen a soft reboot work is X Men Days of Future Past and the two thousand nine Star Trek movie. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, particularly you know Trek fans, have problems with J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, but I think that movie, on its own terms, is very good. I would agree. Yeah, it's, it's within Star Trek lore. There's there's all sorts of stuff you can argue yeah. about it, but as a movie, yeah, and and it's 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 fascinating to me to see how hard it is for franchises to to kind of just just you know look and say, okay, we've we've messed up. What are we going to do to fix it? Well, here's like the... even with Star Trek, like you're saying, Star Trek, you know, the the the, the later movies have kind of really fallen flat. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, all right, what's a way we can we can kind of take this and get in a, get somewhere where we we are getting people interested again? And they and they do this with X Men. Like it fascinates me because that's pretty much the only place I've ever seen it done that like efficiently that that quickly. Like yeah, I know it still has a lot of problems, still a lot of continuity problems, but the fact that they pull that off where so many others just fail horribly to try and fix their franchise from within. Yeah. That 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 is very interesting to me. I just don't understand continuity wise why these people don't like ask the fans. Yeah. Like there there are like internet personalities who are into these sorts of things like online film critics and stuff. I'm sure you could invite them, have them sign like a non-disclosure yeah. contract thing, have them read your script and be like, "Oh, this continuity stuff doesn't work here. Maybe you should fix this." Like, give recommendations. Like, yeah. I I don't need it, like the script writing process for these movies seems like so closed off. I feel like whenever you get a, a franchise with this many this much going on, you should get you should start getting people to like watch a specific movie then come read over the script and say hey are there problems like you yeah. should get proofreaders like that like I feel like you, that, you need to start doing stuff like that because that's the only way it's going to work yeah well I'm just thinking like even with like TV shows like popular stuff like Arrow and Flash and stuff like that like you immediately go to like a Reddit thread right after an episode is aired and they immediately point out like every single continuity error everything that doesn't make sense or contradicts prior stuff and characterization like, they're able to do that immediately why exactly. why can we not get this correct yeah immediately every time a show come an episode of a show comes out the, and we're just talking like an, an hour to digest here not even like a lot more than that. like like they immediately break down okay here's things that they're gonna have to explain later because they don't make sense like i'm thinking game of thrones yeah that is a community where if they slip up immediately they're called out yes on it. it's not even it's not even like seconds before everyone is like or even like you know walking dead something yeah, like that yeah everyone is immediately like, where the fan base is just so hardcore and, and, yeah it's, and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm thinking that there's i love when fan bases are that invested in stuff but no no th- th- this goes into our argument of why why c- can the people running these things not realize yes yeah, exactly 
Like, I feel like Matthew Vaughn, like, he's a great director, and I really like all, all the stuff that I've seen I've really enjoyed. But, like, to, to, to just, like, blatantly disregard certain mm. plot elements to, to just fit his own idea and not have it be consistent, I'm like, why? Because, especially when you think about the fact that, oh, like, his argument is, okay, I, I need to kind of just change things in order to make a better movie. Yeah. But if you make a movie that is that cleverly kind of draws th- pulls things back around yeah then it, it fans really really appreciate that yeah you, you get serious credit for that if you if you were like hey I, I i we said this we set up this thing a long time ago we're drawing it back together like yeah. it's, it's we're showing you that we we do think like it does make sense we do remember continuity yeah people really appreciate that like people will catch that yeah even even if you don't even if the the casual fan doesn't get it you the, there, if the casual fan doesn't get it, then eventually you'll you'll see BuzzFeed threads going or BuzzFeed articles going around with like, oh, 10, 10 things you didn't realize that connected between yeah. these movies. They will find out that you are putting in the effort somehow. Let me just say, it, it's a careful line to cross because then if you just try and wrap everything together in a nice, neat bow, you get something like Spectre. Sometimes, yeah. Which we talked about where it's just... Hey, these things are all connected. But, We're not really going to explain how it's connected, but trust us, it's connected. But that's different in the sense that that is a a plot that was designed around that. Well, yeah. this is a okay. You're making a prequel to movies that have discussed exactly what happened in the past. You should match up with what they say happened in the past. Yeah, and there's not a, there really aren't a whole lot of no. details that you need to keep. So you consistent. should get those right. Yeah. A, like I a, feel like you could have like a single page of like bullet points probably. and be like, "This is these are my guidelines. This yes. is the stuff I cannot deviate exactly. away from." And it's just why. Uh, yeah. But all that being said, it is amazing that this movie is as good as it is. Yes. Like this is easily in the top tier of the X Men movies. Yeah. A lot of people I think say it's their favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's people. not mine. It's not even my second favorite, but it's probably my third. People, people definitely throw it around in the same range as, as Days of Future Past and uh, X-Men 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people really like this movie. It, it's amazing that it pulled it off. But it did. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have anything else to say or do we want to just go straight yeah. to grades? Okay. So, I, I give this a B plus. I think... That's, pr- that's pretty high considering all the smack we've been talking. Well, the, and that's the thing is that... It's it's hard to kind of the the performances and the arcs are kind of what drives this movie and that's what makes it so interesting and entertaining and, yeah. and that's what that's why I like it so much. The that that grade and grade and a, a change is is from me just not liking all of this stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah, like it's and and I we keep, that's the thing too is that it's stuff we keep harping on because it's all very similar, which is also why I don't completely just trash the movie for it. Yeah. Because it's 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 one or two or three problems that get repeated several times throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I'm 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 gonna go just slight deviation from you. I'm I'm just gonna go with a flat B. Um, and and it really is just the continuity errors and and just the 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 complete change in tone. Yeah. We don't know if we're a reboot or or a prequel. Like exactly, case of mistaken identity that the movie seems to have. Like, on its own, it works fairly well. There's some weird stuff. The special effects are kind of, you know, a little, a little give and take there. Um, yeah. But, but the performances are great. The, the casting from almost all of it is just spot-on perfection. McAvoy and Fassbender, 
Fox, keep them on as long as you can, honestly. Yeah, Unless you are going to reboot. Well, even then, keep them. <laughs> Although you should probably start aging them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably should. But, um, yeah, it really is just the continuity stuff and just the differences from the first three movies. Yes. In particular, the first two movies. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, overall, it's, it's very strong. Like, it works, it works well on its own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you were showing this to, like, a first-time person who had never seen an X-Men movie before, like, would you choose this movie? Would this be a smart one to go with? Yeah, I would probably say you should start with this trilogy uh, that they're making, even if... I mean, oh, you mean, you mean this, Days of Future Past, yes. and then Apocalypse. Okay. Even though we haven't seen Apocalypse yet, uh, reviews are mixed right now. Could be, <laughs> it could be terrible. We don't I, know. I'm, I'm, I'm petrified. <laughs> I'm constantly looking at my phone like the Rotten Tomatoes score and yeah. going, oh, <laughs> why? But, uh, yeah, the, the reviews are mixed to low, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm saying at least these first two very much are good yeah. and, and are a go- don't need a whole lot of backstory for you to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, but good movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Isn't it great to have finally gotten to a good one? I mean, we did like. I mean, we we had to go through two weeks of crap. Oh yeah, yeah that's fair. I guess <laughs> even one week we can't handle anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Lord, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to handle next week. Yeah, we'll see. You next next week's just kind of. Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week we're doing uh, the Wolverine. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, or not. <laughs> Um, you can it's fine. Us, it's fine. You can contact us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. Adamantium Samurai is a little stupid, but yeah. <laughs> you can spoilers. Us, oh my god! You can find us uh, through email by looking through uh, here come the sequels at gmail.com You can find us. Uh, let me see online by looking up uh, here come the sequels dot That should cover just about everything. So yeah, uh, go talk with us. Uh, tell you how you feel about the movie. Did you tell them we're on iTunes? yes no we are yeah go on iTunes <laughs> type in here come the sequels and we should be like the only thing that pops up <laughs> until somebody inevitably makes one with the same title and then does better than us but <laughs> that's sad let's not think like that let's think positively we watched a good movie today let's let's look at the bright side there we go alright but those mansions it's not the same <laughs> I think we're uh, we're good to go here. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Yep, stay rogue.